so the momentum i thought yeah it's positive motion it's it's going towards you know and um it's and it's it's skiing you know it is positive motion so i thought hmm i like that you know um two more cognacs please and uh <laughs> and uh so we i i, I put the name i changed it to momentum travel because mm-hmm. the vision at the time I had was very much tailor-made, very much bespoke um, with this kind of boutique agency on High Street with a very super cool tour operator upstairs, which, you know, runs um, uh, the trips. Uh, and, the, and the agency downstairs would be much more of an un, unbiased advisory service. fascinating are the characteristics behind many different brands. Some of them are outgoing and energetic, some of them are a little bit more laid back. So in this podcast, we look to explore all the different characteristics, not only of the brand itself, its roots, its origins, but the people behind the brand. And is there a bit of a relationship between the characters of the people and the characters of the brand? Hey there, and welcome to this episode of Legends of the Brand. And this week, I'm so honored to have on here Amon Momin from Momentum Ski. Now, I've had the honor and pleasure of knowing Amon for a number of years uh, throughout the City Ski Championships and many other adventures. And I wanted to share his story because it's a fascinating journey uh, across Europe and across the world. But not only that, the roots of the City Ski Championships and some of the other many amazing events that he puts on uh, throughout the year for some very special people and with some very special people, all for the enjoyment of the mountains. Uh, Now, I do have to express an apology that the sound quality on this particular episode is not the best that we've ever had. Uh, We have had a few technical glitches and a few audio gremlins, so I do apologize for that. Um, and hopefully you can bear with it. The content is great. The guest is great. We just can't account for some of the glitches. So we've done our best to edit them out. Hopefully you'll still enjoy it. And speaking of enjoying things, if you do manage to get yourself outside and to enjoy some of this lovely weather and it gets a bit drier, make sure that you check out Wolf and Grizzly, who are the sponsors of this show. You can go to www.wolfandgrizzly.com and use the code LOTB15 to get 15% off your next purchase. Anyway, enough of that stuff. On with the show. Well, good afternoon, good morning, and welcome wherever you are. And welcome to this episode of Legends of the Brand. And today we are speaking with Amon Momin from Momentum Ski. Good afternoon, Amon. How are you? Good afternoon, Phil. Very well, thank you. Good, 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 good. So um, we are, I mean, I've had the opportunity to, to know you for uh, a number of years. And we were just chatting before we started here about all kind of the the, uh, the start of it all. And, and uh, not only of, of skiing careers and, and um the fun bits, but um, yeah, it's. I'm. I genuinely, I am. I'm excited about having this conversation with you because I think there's some fun things for us to cover. And obviously, as we go through it all, we have the chance to hopefully chat about some of the cool things which you get up to in terms like the mountain uh, ski gourmet experience and city ski championships and some of the other cool things you do. So um, hopefully, um, hopefully, we've got a glass of water there, and, <laughs> and, and you're ready to tell us a whole number of stories. I hope. Okay, look forward to it. Thanks <laughs> so, for having me. Yeah, no worries. Well, see, um, so first of all, um, obviously you are based here in the UK, but um, as we chatted before, and, and, and to be fair to our listeners, 
this is the second take because the first take sure didn't work on my side in terms of technology. Um, so it's our second take here. But um, what I wanted to dive back to is kind of your your, uh, your first experiences. And if I remember correctly, you, you're saying that uh, you were born in Italy and you and your family traveled to um, Tehran. Is that correct? When you were about eight years old? Um, yeah, when I was six, yeah. Six, yeah. sorry, pardon me. And uh, from that stage, you said, I think you said um, your dad worked in construction and I'll, I'll let you pick up the story from there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, born in Italy, in Rimini, beautiful um, uh, seaside resort, very touristy, uh, you know, white sand and the sea breeze. And then suddenly at the age of six, I remember that my father said, we are going to move to what was known at the time was Persia. Uh, and uh, so the most exciting car journey across Europe, you know, Eastern Europe, Turkey, Elbrus Mountains, down to Tehran. And, you know, wow, uh, completely um, uh, different, uh, you know, culture change. I couldn't speak the language. Um, and But exciting at the same time because, uh, you know, it was just a crazy place. You know, this is all um, pre-revolution. And uh, um, so... You know, it, I don't know if you know or not, but um, Tehran has, you know, Iran has four seasons. Um, you know, you got proper winters, it snows, um, you got hot summers and you got gorgeous uh, spring and, you know, incredible colors in autumn. Um, so, uh, you know, we did a couple of times in the hills outside Rimini in Italy. I remember going on a sled and I used to love being on a sled. Uh, but actually, uh, Tehran is at 1600 meters. Uh, or something around that. Um, so, you know, literally the south of Tehran is desert uh, and north of Tehran um, hits the, uh, the mountains, the Elbrus Mountains, which go up to 5,600 meters. And they've, got, That's yeah, yeah. and they've got, yeah, uh, yeah. And they've got ski hills and ski resorts. Um, so, you know, I don't think many people know that. I think probably they do now, but um, yeah, uh, it's, that's, uh, that's a little bit about uh, Tehran and, uh, you know, it's a two hour drive to the Caspian Sea, which is just, uh, you know, absolutely stunning and incredible roads through the mountains. Uh, and, you know, these are my sort of early memories of my yeah. father driving to the, to the Caspian Sea, you know, to kind of uh, build our, uh, um, you know, villa there and, mm -hmm. uh, and see, seeing the ski resorts on the way. Wow. So your family weren't skiers naturally, were they? Or, or they didn't come to it? Uh, you saw the ski hills and kind of like, uh, Dad, can I go? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, they weren't. Uh, I, I think my father tried a few times in, in Italy when we were living in Italy. He, I think my sister told me that they were going to Madonna di Campiglio. Uh, and uh, I know my mum had some ski trousers. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> or she certainly had the clothes, but I, they didn't ski. But, but my sister did. You know, Dina was very, very sporty. And so she was uh, straight away, uh, I just remember the weekends, um, because, you know, the ski resorts are a couple of hours dr uh, drive from Tehran. So mm -hmm. they, were, they were off uh, at the weekends with, um, with their friends skiing. And I was just so, so jealous to see, you know, her with, with the gear, going with her friends. And uh, a couple of times we went to, to see them and I would just, just had my sled and I was just loving walking up the hill and just bombing it down on my sled. It was really amazing. But, you know, when I saw her ski, I just thought, I've got to do this. I need to do this. Um, and and I had to really persuade my parents to, to, you know, buy me some skis, which at the time was super expensive. 
I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. And, yeah, so uh, eventually um, they decided that uh, I can borrow my sister's leather boots with, uh, you know, with the laces. And I went to uh, some, a really cool shop and bought these fishes, uh, uh, which had those spring bindings, you know, the ones that go around the back of your Oh, yeah, boot. yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I think they must have been two meters tall. You know, you stood there with your hand up and... And anyway, I could not go to bed. I could not fall asleep um, the night before. I was so excited. I, I'll never forget that. And that's where it all started. Oh, well, that's wonderful. I love that. I love the idea. I just love the, the idea of, you know, our first pair of skis and that, that feeling of excitement. It's, it's better than Christmas, really, isn't it? Waking up. Oh. Like, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's that giddy excitement. Yeah. Um, so obviously what you said you went skiing there. Have you been back to skiing around since? I mean, have you? No, no. Uh, when was the last no. time you were there in, in well, that capacity? Yeah, you know, as you know, um, um, it, it, things took a turn in 1979 yeah, yeah. with the revolution. Uh, and uh, so, no, I haven't. It's, it is my dream to go back because I have some fond childhood memories of, of skiing there. Um, I think the last trip I had was... Um, uh, because I was I was being educated here, uh, okay. but my last trip was uh, in 1976, and we stayed with Club Med in a place called Dizin, and uh, you know so that was really my last uh, proper trip, uh, and it's my dream to go back uh, and to take my kids um, and my family there because um, you know it's I just I just need to kind of complete that circle. And uh, you know, go back to where it all started. Uh, and oh, show them, that'd be absolutely and show wonderful. Them those, show them those beautiful mountains, but also uh, try and ski in more comfortable uh, clothes rather than boots, which were ten sizes too big for me, <laughs> and eight pairs of socks, uh, and and uh, just gear that was not waterproof. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I say, I say, leather's coming back in. You'd be fine. You'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, after you said you were uh, educated here in the UK. And then when was your first experience then skiing in the Alps? Um, I'm so, not going to count sledging. It's actually well, uh, the first, uh, first trips were to Switzerland where we would go and uh, meet up with family friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we, the first trip actually was, uh, we were staying in a place called Gruyere, which, you know, where the famous cheese comes from. I was going to say, they named a cheese after that place, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there was a you know, family gathering. Not everyone skied. Actually, very few skied. Uh, but I took my uh, skis, my sister took her skis and a few friends bought skis and uh, they, you know, and uh, some of the Swiss friends um, would then drive to the nearest uh, ski resort. So my, my first experience was, you know, jumping into our friend's car, Felix, and we went to Gustard, which I'll never forget um, because we, I just remember the first day just following Felix, this uh, amazing guy uh, who was married to one of our, our good friends and just skiing through farms and fields and stopping, going over fences. Um, and it was just magical trees. It was what you see on postcards uh, where he was just taking me through. It must have been private property, most of it, you know, um, but it just looked really exciting. And then the next day, it was to uh, Gestai, Roish, which is where the Le Diablere Glacier is, which is now owned by Bernie Eccleston, by the way. Oh, and wow. that was kind of my first proper cable car going up to 3,000 meters, 
and you know the most amazing run you know long long run down the hill and yeah just magical absolutely magical and the funniest funniest uh, part of it is with my sister as i said you know who's older we then we were going to um to have some tea or hot chocolate somewhere so they decided to go to the palace in Gestad, which um because apparently uh richard burton and liz taylor um uh, normally uh, were there um so uh, you know they were kind of uh, looking for hollywood stars and uh, <laughs> you know and it was just it just you know that was home of pink panther you know where some of the most famous scenes were filmed there so i was i was just so excited to sit there and you know look out for either david niven or someone popping out anyway so yeah good start oh wow i really love that and um so uh, obviously you you went skiing. As, uh, did your did your family ever take it up later on in life in terms of skiing? Because you have such a passion of it, your mum and dad, or no, not at all. No, no, no. Um, no. I mean, my my uh, my mum passed away uh, when I was fifteen, so mm -hmm. she was quite young. And and then after after the revolution, you know, I didn't see my uh, I wasn't I was unable to see my father for for a very long time, mm -hmm. um, which is why I kind of took a turn in my career because I wasn't, I was not planning to, um, to get into skiing, travel or anything. I was, um, you know, I was going to go to uni and then go back and, uh, work with my father back in Tehran. Mm -hmm. But, you know, things took a turn and, um, I could not go back and it wasn't probably wise to go back at the time. So, um, I applied, uh, to, you know, I was really interested in uh, advertising, marketing, those sort of things. Uh, in the golden years of Saatchi and Saatchi and to every advertising company um, I could and uh, they just kept giving me a sales job and I you know I was just so more interested in the creative side and I was just not getting the job I wanted uh, so I thought you know what I'm going to just go and fulfill that dream which I always had as a kid I wanted to be on a sled and you know, I knew, I, I knew that kids would go to school in Switzerland, you know, on a sled down the hill. And uh, I'm going to go and live in the Alps, uh, uh, you know, until I can decide what I'm going to do in my life. So, and London wasn't great uh, back then in the early 80s in terms of the economy. So um, I applied to uh, a few ski companies and uh, um, I was given a job as a, as a ski guide, uh, a stroke rep. Um, and I was sent to to the Dolomites, and and I'll never forget that because um, going around to see the hotels, I'd sit on my sled, and uh, you know, with my with my rucksack at the back, and I'd I'd down to to my meetings, and because it was my dream come true, I was finally living in the mountains where I always wanted to be, and uh, and doing what I loved, what I really enjoyed. Mm. That's brilliant. I, I have this funny vision of, of or wonderful vision of, of you sliding down to the meetings. You know, you kind of you pull up in your sled. You kind of the, the, the hand the sled to the valet, get a little ticket, and kind of we'll come back later on for the sled. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was literally. It was like rooming lists, flight manifests. Go check it with the hoteliers, and then get back on my sled and walk uh, back was, up the hill. Was, yeah, I was walking up the hill. I just put my rucksack on it, and that was. Uh, I just pulled it with me all day. It was, uh, it was amazing. Absolutely oh, loved it. Awesome. That's brilliant. I love it. That's, uh, that's great. So um, if we fast forward a little bit then, uh, obviously mm. you fell in love with the mountains and mm. 
you you moved to the Alps uh, and you spent some time there, and you now run a very successful um, company called Momentum. And Momentum uh, has some incredible uh, and unique experiences, everything from the Knight Frank ski, uh, City Ski Championships to the Gourmet um, dining experiences. You have some, mm. some uh, skeleton experience as well. But it obviously started off in its early days. Can you talk us through the journey of how you started it and what your vision was when you, when you started Momentum? So uh, when I, um, my, my first job in the Alps where I was a ski guide, and, and rep, um, it took me around, uh, actually started in Valteron and then to a place called San Vigilio, which is known as Kronplatz in the Dolomites, uh, and, uh, and then to Courmayeur. Um, and very soon, um, they asked me to start doing, uh, Blade and I started uh, asking me to do some contracting for them because I spoke Italian. Uh, and I got, I got involved with, uh, with their setup in Italy in terms of the chalets, uh, the legal side licensing, uh, just a lot of it through just uh, having language which enabled me to really connect with the locals. Um, and then the, I became Alpine manager. So uh, next thing I knew, I was um, with Ski West and Blade Nines. I was uh, looking after all of the Alps from the Southern French Alps uh Talentes, you know, Val d'Isère, Teen, the Three Valleys, to the Italian Alps and Austria. And I was based in Cormier and um, looking after all these resorts, which gave me uh, an incredible knowledge because I got to know all the mountains. I got to know a lot of the hotels um, and, uh, you know, restaurants and bars and, you know, what uh, made things tick in those resorts. And it was the most amazing 10 years at Blade Nines. It really was. Um, worked with uh, in some incredible people, made some incredible friends. Um, and then I, Blade Nines sold to uh, Ingham's, uh, which mm-hmm. um, is still operating very successfully. Um, and, I, and I think at that point, I realized that, look, after 10 years, maybe I should... Um, you know, start doing my own something, you know, my own, my own thing. And, and I could see that there was a gap in the market for uh, more tailor-made, more bespoke uh, trips, uh, something that not many were offering. So I thought, you know, as they were reorganizing the company, when they just bought us, it was a good time to let them get themselves organized with their new structure. And um, I was going to kind of take this leap of faith and, set up on my own, which was probably one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life. But, you know, my father had his own business and maybe a lot of me wanted to also prove to him that, you know, I could, I could do my own. So I just, um, um, I remember stopping on a motorway between Verona and uh, Milan, called up the company's house and uh, said, can I set up a company, please? You know, and, uh, like I think you paid 70 pounds and you set up a limited company. Uh, it was a phone box actually, probably with coins going in it. Um, and uh, what, are, what are phone boxes? I read about them beforehand. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, um, and I was, um, I couldn't quite work out how, what to call it. You know, I had names of mountains uh, in mind. Um, and this is important, but, you know, as we're talking about branding, mm. um, so, you know, I had lots of uh, mountain names because it was about mountains. Um, and uh, anyway, one late night, I was having a drink with uh, a very well-known journalist at the time called Alistair Scott, 
who wrote for the Sunday Times. And he had this weekly column called Scott on Skis, a very influential person. And I said to Alistair, I said, look, you know, I'm, I'm doing this. And he said, fantastic. That's really good. You know, you know, what are you going to call it? I said, well, I don't know. I had you know, all these mountain names. He said, no, no, no. It's got to have your name in it. I said, well, who's going to book a holiday with something called Amin or Momen? It just doesn't make sense. And he said, I don't know. You know, he said, what about, I don't know, using your surname, something like Momentum. And really? Went, and that's how it started. So Momentum, I thought, yeah, it's positive motion. It's, it's going towards... You know, and um, it's and it's it's skiing. You know, it is positive motion. So I thought, hmm, I like that. You know, um, two more cognacs, please. And uh, <laughs> and uh, so we, I, 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 I put the name, I changed it to Momentum Travel, because mm-hmm. the vision at the time I had was very much tailor made, very much bespoke, um, with this kind of boutique agency on High Street with a very super cool tour operator upstairs which you know runs um uh the trips uh and the, and the agency downstairs will be much more of an un, unbiased advisory service you know boutique a little bit like i quite i used to like trail finders you know the way they had the setup with the with the shop and you know the travel shop as well with guidebooks and you know all sorts of things so it started in 96 in my living room um, with Loredana uh, in, in my house, in my living room, my house in Fulham. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, where, we was, um, where we started it. And just two of us in my, in my front room. Wow. Um, Beautiful. And I'll tell you a very funny story, actually, because um, um, I got a first day, um, this is before Loredana came, actually, um, I sat down, I, I put on a suit, put on my tie, sat behind my desk. I had a phone, I had a fax machine. And then about 10 past nine, I thought, well, what am I going to do now? You know, so <laughs> the customers I, haven't I, come rushing in the door. <laughs> I, I called my friend, uh, Giles, and I said, uh, what are you doing? And he said, nothing. I said, do you want to come with me? And go, I'm going to need to go buy a printer. So we drove off to somewhere off the A14 office world and bought a printer and came back. And I thought, well, you know, not much is going on. So the next day, I thought I'd be really casual, nine o'clock. And I just came down in with a T-shirt and my boxer shorts. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, just kind of setting things up. And the, and the doorbell rang. And there was a gentleman by the door in a suit with a briefcase. He says, hello, is this Momentum Travel? I said, uh, yes. He said, I'm from uh, Air Malta. I just wanted to introduce myself. I was so embarrassed. I thought, oh, my God, you know, day two of... <laughs> Day two, memento. I'm like <laughs> in my boxer shorts. So, um, so funny. Anyway, that's uh, that was the uh, the early days, and it was oh. it was scary, really scary, and uh, um, and exciting at the same time. Oh, I love it. I love it. I just uh, I love to have the other half of the conversation of that chap when he went home that night. This is my first call of the morning. Went there, knocked on the door, and he got yeah. his boxer yeah. shorts. Yeah, 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 yeah. God. Um, so with, with Momentum, um, you obviously have a, a passion for the mountains mm-hmm. and you, you, you obviously you enjoy it and it's kind of ingrained in it. So it's kind of a twofold question here. So one is, what is it that you want people to feel when they, when they work with you and or travel to the mountains? And the other half of that is, who is the customer that Momentum serves? Who do you want to serve? Um, ask me that first question again. <laughs> so uh, in terms of your, your, your passion for the mountains, what yeah. do you want people to feel 
when when they when they book with you or when they okay. travel with you? What do you what do you want people to feel? Okay. So, I think you know my ideology has been consistent from day one. I you know I've got I've been lucky enough to get to know the Alps, and I've had the most amazing experiences. I've met some incredible locals um, from bakers, butchers, plumbers to mayors and instructors and guides and you know um, and. I just want to share that same experience, you know, the, my local knowledge with everyone. So really, you know, I want everyone to be treated like a friend. So, so, you know, if you are, if I say, why don't you go and try that resort? And whilst you're there, why don't you try that restaurant? And why don't you, whilst you're there, why don't you try that bottle of wine with that meal? Um, and speak to the owner, who's a good friend. Um, you know, it's like you recommending something to your friends, you know, when you send them somewhere, you, you know, you don't just say, oh, book with a ski school and just take a random instructor. You say, oh, if you're there, ask for uh, so-and-so. Just as, I, you know, as I'd say, look, uh, Phil, I want to have my boots fitted. Can you recommend a good boot doctor? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, so it's the same thing. And, and so I want everyone to really enjoy the Alps like I have over these last, 30 odd years that's lovely i mean i think that's one of the uh, one of the key things which i've been so fortunate enough over the uh, number of years to spend some time with you and spend some time in the alps at a few of the different events that, uh, that you've hosted and yeah there, there's that definitely um uh his name escapes me right now in in uh the up in the hill the rather uh, ex- uh the chap with the beard and the hat who... oh uh... what was the name sorry Maison Vieille. Yeah, Maison Vieille, yeah. And, and who's yeah. the chap that runs it? Giacomo. Giacomo. I mean, you can't, you can, I can't think of a more embracing character that is that's, that's kind of giving, that is uh, just so full of, of, of life. And um, yeah, <laughs> it's unbelievable. And yeah, I'm so pleased I... that, yeah, and, he's, he, uh, and if I recall, you know, uh, you guys obviously um, have a long standing history and good friendship, but. That aside, as a character, he's just such a lovely man. Yeah, so give you an example. My, when I, I had my um, 30th birthday party up there, um, and um, I just decided <laughs> randomly that it should be black tie. Yeah. And um, so, uh, you know, contrast, you know, old mountain refuge. and a, Which, uh, 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 so, you know, we, we, we got to Maison Vieille, and it was 4 p.m., the lifts all shut, and I thought, oh, my God, what am I going to do now between four and seven when they're going to start serving canapes and things? So I decided that we should have a little ski race at the back of Maison Vieille. Otherwise, nobody would have even made dinner with, you know, start, if they started drinking. <laughs> um, put a little dual parallel slalom on a slope behind it, which was great. And you use the snow. And, you know, the sunset was unbelievable. And we had the whole mountains to ourselves. And then the con amazing in that restaurant uh, with, with great food and a party and spending the night up there, it, it started actually um, a concept which he's now, he's been doing successfully. And these are dinners up on a mountain, um, you know, even uh, dinner at Maison Vieille. He picks you up in a snowmobile. So you've got that adrenaline rush of going up there um, in a snowmobile and uh, an incredible dinner party. And uh, he doesn't have his um, dormitory anymore. 
but there's there's hotels uh, just down at Planchecuit, mm-hmm. so you can you can either stay there or he just whizzes you back down to the resort. See, and as a result, I've had my I'd had my fortieth and fiftieth there consistently, and and it's a really a fun thing to do. Oh, that's amazing! I love it. Um, so I mean the. Um... Uh, in Cormier, you've had the uh, city ski championships there a few times, and mm-hmm. um, that's—is that kind of its um, ancestral home? Is that probably a fair, a fair thing to call it uh, in Cormier? Yeah, it started there in two thousand, yeah. um, and you know, so when I when I set up Momentum Travel, which uh, I quickly changed to Momentum, I think I soon realised that. Um, travel agency as a as a concept is not really it's not going to be relevant mm-hmm. um what really <clears throat> um affect uh, the, was the internet you know mm-hmm. when i first when i so we had to really quickly adapt and evolve and uh become uh, a lot more clever about how we were going to get our brand known um, london's financial community and um I don't know if you remember, if you ever used to buy the, uh, the bottles of Verve Clico, they used to always come with a little, um, you'd see Twickenham, Ascot, you know, oh, Pol- really? Polo, um, Henley. You know, it was, it was the season. Um, Goodwood, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> I wanted to have that winter event in there. And it just became like a, a, an objective for me. And um, in a way... To connect to London's financial community, I decided that uh, perhaps I should put on an event. I didn't start the company as an event company. I, I soon realized that perhaps amazing time. And then we could promote um, our business, which is uh, tailor-made ski holidays. What's so uh, I think I was mentioning uh, this to you before, Phil, but I ran a, a freestyle event called a uh, a European mogul challenge. I used to run the Call My Leg, uh, and it was the most spectacular spectator event. You know, head to head bumps competition. All the pros who would be at the Olympics uh, would be there. Mainly, you know, French dominated. Uh, it was covered on Eurosport. Um, incredible event. Barbecue, music. You know, and people would just be watching these unbelievable skiers uh, coming down this mogul fields. And then, wouldn't it, you know, wouldn't it be great? Also, we just once the race is finished, open it up to uh, the, the clients, people, the holiday makers um, uh, who are there that week because they will get the same uh, adrenaline. Um, so we then week saying, this race is there, come and watch, and if you want to have a go, have a go. Um, in a way, it's like, you know, if I feel, and I'll say, you know, let's go and watch the Grand Prix, and then after the Grand Prix, we can just drive our own cars, you know, you know or whatever around yeah. the track with with the same bars same atmosphere same commentary and you know that feeling i think um it's quite unique so we did open the race and uh, holiday makers and they were just loving it coming down but it was a tough course <laughs> and quite a lot of them uh, coming down coming down um, and, and that really gave and that gave me the idea of our city ski championships because i thought you know Let's organize an annual get-together where people can experience the thrill of ski racing, but in an easier way. So that's why we put on a giant slalom rather than, uh, you know, a freestyle competition with with jumps in it. Uh, And, and, you know, I got 
to Kansas City. We went to Broadgate. He put on his skis and he started skating on his on his skis. And people were just walking past, looking oh, at him, yeah. going, "What's going on?" And we were just leafleting, saying, first city." Um, and uh, and then we got about I think sixty people. Wow. Um, which get people out because <laughs> because it was called championships as well, and I think people mm-hmm. were just getting concerned how good they had to be. I was just saying to them, look, honestly, it's it's you know, um, you, know you can have a go. For anyway, we got sixty people out there, and um, number one, and Graham Bell was. Um, which was actually a mistake wow. because those 60 people watching those two opened a very concerned. They thought, ah, we're not as good as them. So <clears throat> at the time, uh, my, my ex-wife was there. So I said, um, Amanda, um, you need to go down. She said, what do you mean? I said, you need to go down so people can see even bad kids can do it. <laughs> and, uh, wow. Yeah. And, and the rest, well, the rest is history, you know, ex. Um, but she went down people thought ah this is actually you know anyone can do this, this and doable. and see and seeing that um uh, the expression on their faces you know the the anticipation of doing this and then seeing them complete it and again just the feeling the, i thought this is it you know mm. this this is a thrill this is an experience that they will love um forever and um, that's how it all started. Yeah, uh, that's brilliant. And that was uh, was it uh, twenty five or thirty years that we just ha- had passed? Uh, was it, it was, was two thousand? Was, uh, was it two thousand? Oh, yeah, yeah. Fair twenty years. Yeah. Uh, twenty um, years. Uh, it's brilliant. And um, so I think that what's um, what's fantastic with the, uh, the 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 city ski championships now is, um, it, as you say, it's not just for skiing and. I, you know, the way it's kind of evolved slightly as well as you kind of, you've had some many, uh, you know, great speakers there. You have some networking events and then you also mm-hmm. work, do some fantastic work with some of the charities and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So the great thing about it is it's, it's, it, if anything, it's, um, dare I say, the skiing is secondary to, to many of the other things that go on around it as well. And mm-hmm. I was wondering, you know, um, how have you been able to keep the feel of the event still the same yet try to expand all these other, these other avenues? Um, again, like everything you need to evolve, you've got to always, um, uh, adapt. And the, the formula that we started, uh, was fantastic. You know, uh, it was literally, um, a chance to compete. And, um, I soon realized that perhaps not everyone wants to race. But we you know we want to bring bring people together in order to network, and really for me, what's really important is also the friendships. Mm-hmm. So um, um, I um, add elements to it, um, and uh, we put a little bit more entertainment. So we started bringing uh, comedians, you know, put a little bit more structure around it, around mm-hmm. the dinners, uh, etc., and. After we moved uh, from Italy to, to Switzerland, to, to Grand Montana, um, it kind of coincided also with the financial crisis, you know, in, in 2009, was it around then? 2009, yeah. In yeah. There. And uh, so we thought, you know, what, well, we should actually put a little bit of a, um, uh, a business side to it as well. So 
um, we wanted to put uh, and and the, the Financial Times came to support it. So uh, we added, you know, we created our own little mini Davos. And um, alongside that, a really great program of um, entertainment and networking. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's how really uh, we, we kept it relevant. And I always wanted to create a, you know, a feeling of a festival altogether. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it is a festival it's celebrating um, a festival of networking and, you know, um, competition. Uh, and also, you know, you can just do as much or as little as you want. You know, it's, it's a ski weekend, but it's probably the best ski weekend in the Alps. Yeah. Oh, I have to say, I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, we've participated as, uh, you know, as, as, um, as participants, really, and as, uh, you know, working in partnership with you guys over the years. And it's even though, you know, we're, we're, you know, they're with the skis and everything like that and working away. And it is such a wonderful event. It's, it is one of the highlights I think, Thank of, you. of the season. Yeah, I think it's so it's great. Yeah. Um, and so obviously, uh, if people want to know more, more about that, they can they can come and have a check things out on the Momentum Ski website. Yeah. Um, but some of the other things which you obviously have laid your hand into a little bit in terms of uh, expanding it, because the 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 championships, uh, I guess it, it has depended on the time of the year. But it's uh, when I think I first got involved with them, they tended to be perhaps towards the end of the year, which wasn't necessarily so so snowsure. But then they moved around to uh, I guess January, but. Uh, throughout throughout the year, you also have your uh, mountain gourmet uh, ski experience, um, mm-hmm. and which is something completely different. Um, and I wonder, first of all, if you could explain to people what that is, and secondly, um, how did you how did you come about that blending those two things together? So um, I've always uh, I've always been into my food and drink, um, and um, I. Uh, in particular, Cool My Air was to come over for a ski weekend. Um, you know, friends who were in Chamonix, Zermatt, Maribel, Valdezere, etc. You know, to come and try because I, I really thought this is you know, um, it's it's a it, you really have an you have an exciting weekend with with some amazing food and wine. Um, Heston um, is uh, Heston. A great friend of mine and uh gosh about 15 years ago uh it's really curious to know look i think the food is great in gourmet but i wonder what a three michelin star chef thinks you know one thing is me saying this is a great restaurant but what will he think so on one of his holidays um i gave him the list of the places that i recommend to our clients mm-hmm. and and um um and then next thing he, he rang me up and said, do you want to meet for a drink? I said, yeah, uh, sure. Uh, see you at 7.30 for whatever. And then he said, oh, um, I've actually moved on. I'm now in this other bar. And I went, oh, uh, how come? He said, well, I've got your list. I've been going through it. Um, <laughs> basically, that week, we um, just went and tried all the places that I really enjoyed oh, wow. uh, from, from bars and restaurants. And, and actually, funnily enough, nobody knew who he was, which was even better, except that they were just saying, God, your friend really knows his wines or, your, you know, <laughs> because he, he really knew the verticals on a lot of those uh, on everything. Um, and uh, but they just didn't have a clue who he was. And that was wonderful. Um, and I just, you know, at the end of the week, I said, what do you think? He said, this is fantastic. And we should really celebrate this. 
So a year later, we we're sitting on a, a terrace, beautiful views of the valley. We're just having a nice bowl of pasta with wild mushrooms. As usual with him, it's always one bottle of white and two bottles of red. Um, and, you know, he said, we should, we should celebrate it. So why don't uh, we do something together? And I can invite my chef friends and we could do a couple of dinners up on a mountain. Um, chefs and put together something really unique where we celebrate the local food, but we'd also bring a bit of, a bit of the bit of UK into the Alps. So, you know, gourmet ski experiences started with, with, with Heston. And that first year we had Sat Baines and Marcus Waring, you know, who's on, mm-hmm. who's also a master chef. And, uh, we, I, I, we also decided that Heston shouldn't cook because if we get Heston to cook, then people are going to start expecting magic and, you know, things to lift. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, Heston and I were the organizers and, you know, and, and, and he was the curator. He did do hot chocolate, which was probably the best hot chocolate everyone's ever had. Um, but we had Marcus and Sat, uh, and they did two amazing dinners up on the mountain, one at Maison Vieille and one in the Chaumier. And that's how it all started. And again, oh, what, what the essence of that was bringing foodie skiers together, mm. uh, you know, like City Ski Championships bring, you know, people who like to enjoy racing and networking and, you know, are more from the financial community. This was bringing... Uh, skiers uh, of all standards um, who loved these chefs because to them they're the rock stars uh, you know if you say to me if someone says to me I'm in Pink Floyd I'm going to be doing a ski weekend I'll just say right where how much I'll go there you know yeah. <laughs> so so um, and you know the interesting thing was we had non-skiers come and non-skiers who tried skiing for the first time and are they are now skiing so I thought that was wonderful as well to introduce people to um, a new sport and sat who'd never skied before he took up skiing so you know it, it would also prove that even in your 40s it, um, and having him uh, the most amazing chef to also and some clients i thought that was a wonderful wonderful achievement Oh, I love it. I love it. I think it's brilliant. Oh, so is there um, obviously with uh, I've got so many I've got so many more questions to ask you. Um, but with uh, COVID and everything like that, you, are there plans to hopefully run that again for the 2021 season or is it 100 uh, percent? Exciting news for next year is uh, Tom Carriage mm-hmm. and Claude Bozzi. Oh, lovely. It's off the band, of course. It'll be band and ferment. He's, uh, he's everywhere. He's, um, you know, also, you know, he, he features on uh, the newspapers and, you know, on TV and, yeah. and uh, they're both just great characters, great friends. Uh, but, you know, the important thing to know is that when we go, we're not waiting with the local chefs and these local mm-hmm. chefs are friends. So, you know, when you mentioned Giacomo from Maison Vier, isn't that amazing that his team and Giacomo can work along oh. some of the world's best chefs? Yeah. That's amazing. They, they, they collaborate. So they also do a plate as well. Mm-hmm. But perhaps that's what. And, and that dish can then live forever as a, you know, uh, the, the pasta that was done at the gourmet ski experience. That wasn't oh, there before. That's lovely. That's amazing. That's really, really cool. So a couple of other things I want to ask you about was um, obviously you mentioned just there about the. the um, different meals and everything like that and the, and the mountain gourmet ski experience 
and hot chocolate being um, outstanding. Yeah. Is there one meal though? Uh, you mentioned that the past as well, but is there one meal that um, stands out above them all that you think is uh, is the most memorable one you've had? Oh gosh, um, no, no, because you know we've had just the most um, diverse um, group of chefs coming with their own style. You know, um, Sap Baines. Claire Smith, who now has three Michelin stars, uh, Claude, Tom. I can't, I can't pick one. Um, I think, I think for me, it's been to just see that collaboration um, is what's made it unique because you never see these chefs work together. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's like saying, I don't know, Jeff Beck, Jimmy Page, you know, Jimi Hendrix all getting together for one, one off gig, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's um we've had some fun with it i remember once we did a uh a tiramisu competition to see oh, who wow. does the best to, you know it's a local it's a local uh pudding and not a local pudding, it's an italian pudding yeah. and so we've had some fun with it but i can't pick one really uh, uh, sorry. sorry no no it's fair no it's fine it's good though i mean it's, it's it probably makes you come home have beans on toast really uh, you know come down to earth doesn't it um but when you uh speaking of coming down to earth you You've met so many incredible people. You know, I think about some of the panelists who you've had uh, there at the City Ski. You've met some yeah. amazing chefs. You've done um, the the skeleton with um, with Amy Amy Lund, yeah. wasn't it? And you know, I think the the thing is, or the feeling I tend to get is that um, a lot of the the people who you work with in this professional capacity, they're your friends. And I think they really enjoy and respect the fact that though they may have done some amazing things, mm. they're, they're just people there to go skiing or they're just to have a, a good weekend. But what I was going to ask is, how do you keep grounded in that? How do you, how do you make them feel as comfortable and as welcome and as, as, as down to earth as, as um, everybody appears to be? Do you know, um, I think uh, these are people who've achieved uh, they're the best in their in their field, and they've spent their lives getting to that uh, point of being the best. You know, Damon, world champion. You know, look at Heston, who was, you know, the world's voted world's best restaurant, and they all are incredible. And they've spent years uh, in, you know, Colin and and and. Funny enough, skiing has been something that it's, uh, they found very relaxing. I don't mm-hmm. think these are people who, who would go, could lie on a beach all day. And so for me to world and what I found exciting, uh, you know, again, you know, crisp corduroy or power. Adrenaline, you know, the most amazing terrace lunch, and you know, trying something new. But you know, welcome into my world and seeing that, you know, what fun they've had. Um, it's it it's it, you know, yes, uh, anyway, because I think skiing is a you know it brings you know, brings everyone together, regardless of how successful, how important, you know, how rich or how poor you are. Um, it, it's, it just brings a whole cross-section of 
people together who share the same passion and I never looking I never look at them and go oh wow I'm sitting opposite you know so and so um uh, so it's, Phil Gordon uh, never look like you're sitting across from Phil Gordon yeah no I get that <laughs> um, uh, that's fair so um a couple of things I just wanted to just to bounce off you um question one is we were uh, chatting with brands a bit earlier on and um you know, some of these events which you run, you need to work with a lot of brands and partnerships um, to, yeah. to get them off the ground. Yeah. And I wondered what your take is on the fact of trying to create those relationships with brands and how you provide value to them. Well, I think with every, every partner, um, I understand what our objectives are and I need, and I need to understand, you know, why they're there and what they want to achieve. And that's, that's really important. Once I know that, I can then go away and come back and say, right, how about doing it, doing it this or doing that or, um, you know, to, to really um, promote your message or what you want to achieve, uh, whether you use or directly uh, uh, reach people or connect with people uh, cross markets through other partners, you know. Through other partners, you know. Um, um, or through, through the block, or you know. So it's just understand what what they want, mm. and and I think it it has to be uh, working together as a partnership. So we're both happy with what we're trying to achieve, and then we 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 push for it. Oh, that's cool. Um, now, the, the, uh, I tend to ask everybody the final three questions. But before I get there, I want to um, obviously it's a, bit, uh, a bit of a plug for you because uh, you've also got a podcast yourself coming out in the next little while, which is kind of good. Uh, the recording quality is going to be far better than this one. And it's going to be uh, it's done in a professional studio as opposed to a, a, a bedroom and, a, and an iPhone. But with that in mind, um, I believe you described it to me a little bit uh, beforehand, almost like um, uh, sophisticated de desert island discs, but but for skiing, um, mm -hmm. I wonder if you could uh, uh, share with everybody um, your, you know about your new podcast. Thank you. I'm fanatical about sound and quality of sound. Uh, you're not going to hear bad, um, a bad sound at any of our events, um, whether it's up on the slopes or in a room or somebody making a speech. It's going to sound amazing. And so for the for the podcast, I've been using a um, a box actually. And uh, so it's, and, and you know, uh, the, the engineer working on it, uh, you know, David, you know, he worked, you know, the best in the game looking after this because we were a good quality uh, audio experience. But of course, with the world that we're in, not everyone can also make it to the studio. So, and uh, so some do sound like a, a normal Zoom call, but really the essence of it was, you know, my, it's combining my, which has been also very uh, dominant uh, in, in a lot of the events. I, I do pay attention to what people hear in the background. If you're in a restaurant and having dinner in a mountain restaurant, you know, if I hear something that doesn't sound good, I'll just go and talk to the owners and try and sort it out because there's nothing you know, coming out of a pair of speakers. So <laughs> you're gonna might be slightly disappointed with this recording. Sorry about that one then. <laughs> no, no, no. But, you know, even the playlist, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, you're gonna have, if you're gonna 
just play the local radio station, you know. Um, So I wanted to combine, you know, sharing some great experiences I've had with these guests because we've skied together. So skiing is a common thread. Um, But also I wanted to be able to take people um, a little bit backstage up Shemi, Shemi Olcott, you know, BBC um, Ski Sunday present. You know, Shemi has the most incredible energy, and I, between us, we've got a lot of um, knowledge around the Alps. You know, we've skied around the world, um, and you know, I we want to uh, talk about skiing with our guests, but also dig deep a bit and ask them about um, place them in their life or certain. So and I think the music uh, it, it just adds a bit more, more of an interesting element to the to the just to the podcast. It's not just a conversation, but also you know if you are a fan of these people, I bet you'd love to li- know what they're listening to in their car or in their headphones. You know, that's it. You know, if you share on their downtime, so it's it's also with these. Inc- um, adding music and also spots and you know what what it is that's um, uh, they enjoy about. Fantastic! So and that that goes live uh, this week or next week? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, we're launching it this weekend. So the first of the series, Damon Hill and BBC's Frank Gardner, and then Brilliant. we will be releasing one a month. Oh, cool. Lovely. That's brilliant. Well, and sorry, by to... the way, it's called, it's called Off-Piste. Off-Piste. Yeah. Fantastic. Right. Most well, importantly. Uh, sorry. Good course. little no, plug. No. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll, I said, we'll put the, uh, the links in, uh, in, in the bios and everything like that so people can, can follow it, and, uh, which would be, be absolutely fantastic. Mm. So I'm looking forward to listening to that as well. So that should be quite good. Um, so finally, just to wrap things up, uh, I always ask everybody uh, the same three questions because I think it's kind of important and kind of nice. So um, if people were to take away a sentence or a word or phrase that encapsulates the Momentum brand, what would that be? Ooh. Um, we, we don't do the ordinary. We do the extraordinary. Oh, I like that. Right. So um, as we take a look at your uh, career and all the many different things that you've done and we think about it, what would you like your snow sport legacy to be? Hmm. Um, making dreams come true, you know, uh, building a, a lasting community, you know, creating experiences for like minded people, you know, as, I, as we discussed before, creating friendships. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've really loved helping people to connect um and you know for them to get pleasure and have fun and you know we talked about uh you know families uh phil um and that that's what it is you know it's it's it's, it's the community that stays on and on and continues beyond us yeah no i totally agree and that's, i think it's lovely as well to say having a legacy like that that's uh, as you say kind of moves on to not just a, a particular ski trip um and uh so I'm going to throw a little question in here then that uh, isn't, uh, hasn't been pre-done before, but um, who do you think would be a good person for me to interview? Well, on the subject of skiing, uh, I, I always loved uh, what those guys from um, White Stuff and Fat Face did. Mm-hmm. They, they, um, they started working um, in the Alps at the same time as I was. 
um, you know, and uh, they started selling T-shirts. I think there were these end of season T-shirts like you get at schools, you know, like almost like Levers uh, um, T-shirts with all the names at the back of it. So, uh, you know, and what they did with uh, their, their, their story, you know, by, by selling T-shirts and then going into retail and their, their, their incredible shops. Um, I, think, I think fat face or white stuff, um, I can't pick one, but that'll be really interesting because also they come from a, you know, um, just a, an ordinary ski background, which evolved into a really successful business. That's cool. Yeah, no, that's a good shout. I might, might, uh, might have to look them up. And my final question is, um, as an individual, who do you think a legend of a brand is and why? <laughs> uh, I, I've always, I don't know what he's like, but he comes across as a really, really cool person. But I, I just love Richard Branson, I, you know, and maybe selfishly because he started with, uh, with his record shop, uh, Virgin Records, which um, was, you know, really right up my streets and, uh, my kind of thing, but the way he's been creative, the way he's continues to be independent and has evolved, uh, diversified, you know, um, I think, um, I think that will probably have to be my answer. Brilliant. Love it. And finally, if people want to find out more about you, they want to find out more about the gourmet ski experience, the night Frank city ski championships and all that other good stuff. How do they find out about you? How do they reach out? How do they get in touch? Well, the simplest thing is uh, uh, MomentumSki.com, which uh, everything is there. But uh, just contact me personally. And my email is Amin at MomentumSki.com. You will always speak to somebody. You'll always have a name who, who will look after you. Uh, us. You know, it's not going to be a signature. So, um, yeah, just get in touch with me. Oh, brilliant. Lovely. Well, thank you so very much for your time today. And uh, looking forward to your podcast. Um, and hopefully it'll be good fun and uh, look forward to hopefully when all this craziness ends uh, catching oh. up for a, a beer or a glass of wine soon and we can uh, talk about this the, the, the days of skiing But um, two uh, Negronis yeah, Phil two Negronis like we did in Cormayan no, that sounds good sounds brilliant okay. my friend right well I tell you what you take care have yourself a good afternoon stay safe and we'll speak to you soon alright thanks so much Phil thanks for having all right, me take care cheers bye bye right, bye bye Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Legends of the Brand. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Listen, drop us an email at info at legendsofthebrand.com. That's info at legendsofthebrand.com if you'd like to reach out and get in touch. And make sure to check out the show notes also at all the W's at legendsofthebrand.com. Take care. Have a great day. Bye-bye.